By the way, the Mets had Justin Verlander, and they continue a laundry list, which is incredibly impressive, of, and I want to use this phrase lightly because Scherzer had a good regular season last year, and Verlander hasn't thrown a pitch yet, of over-the-hill legends who become New York Mets, starting pitching legends, like all-time greats who become Mets late in their career. Listen to this five-man rotation of all-time greats. All right, you ready for this one? Justin Verlander, 40 years old. And again, I hope he's great for the two years he's here. Maybe three, there's a vesting option if he throws whatever it is, 160 innings. Justin Verlander signs here. He'll throw his first pitch as a New York Met at age 40. Max Scherzer, fine year last year, going to the Hall of Fame easily, signs with the Mets, 37 years old. Pedro Martinez, one of the most dominant pitchers we've ever seen, was a very old 33 when he came to the Mets. 33 sounds young, but with all the innings on his arm, his height, diminutive, diminutive, he was an old 33. Had one great year. The rest of it was crap. Tom Glavin, another Hall of Famer, 37 years old. To his credit, he went out, he made every start. (laughs) I give him that. But he comes in at 37, was never as good as what he was in Atlanta. And to round out our rotation, I got long before our time. One of the great left-handers in the history of baseball, Warren Spahn. Warren Spahn was, get this, 44 years old when he became a New York Met. That is a legendary five-man rotation of washed-up starting pitching legends. Verlander, Scherzer, Pedro, Glavin, and Spahn. What franchise can match that? Uh, and now, listen, if you had to go six-man deep, you're missing one. Bartolo Colon. <laughs> no, there's a few on the precipice. Like, the guy's not a Hall of Famer, but Oral Hershiser was a dominant pitcher for a short period of time with the L.A. Dodgers, and we got him when he was 40. So Oral could be our swing guy. Santana, I can't include because I thought Johan was a really good Met. So I, I wouldn't call him like an over-the-hill legend. But think about that. That is a freaking list and a half. Verlander, Scherzer, Pedro, Glavin, Spahn? So that actually br- brings up something that I was, I was diving into a little bit. And I don't know if you've done the research at all. But pitchers that have gone into their 40-plus years and how well they performed. I've looked at, like, you know, you look at the Randy Johnson of the world. You look at the Chris Schillings of the world. Roger Clemens, Bartolo Colon even. Like, there are some that do have dominant season or seasons. But it really gets a little dicey, which gets – that. that is another reason why I I am not 100% locked in on this Justin Verlander pick. It's – it's very, very dicey, but yeah, I mean, we've seen some legends pitch well into their 40s, and, you know, it's also a different time. I know with Clemens, we always go to the steroid stuff, that that was a big part of why he was able to pitch effectively in his 40s, but we're also seeing quarterbacks play deeper into their 40s, and one of the reasons that's given is, well, it's a different game. You know, quarterbacks are protected a lot more. Dude, I could say the same thing about pitchers. Pitchers aren't protected a lot more. Pitchers aren't able to kind of hide themselves by only going six innings. You know, that was one of the big critiques of DeGrom. It's a critique of everybody. Most starting pitchers don't go deep into games. So I don't know if that can protect you as much as the quarterback. But look, we have to be hoping for that because the Mets' strength 
going into 2023 because I don't foresee big changes offensively. Like, I don't think they're making the move that you want or that a lot of Met fans want. They're going to go into this season with hope that Alvarez and Beatty and Vientos, specifically Alvarez and Beatty, are big-time bats and hoping they develop. And that, that's really what we're looking at. I, I'd be surprised if we're talking about any kind of significant addition offensively. Now, the Mets were a good offense last year. We can't ignore that. We can't ignore that the Mets overall in Major League Baseball were like a top five offense. That's what they were. It's not something we're used to. In fact, get this about the Mets last year. The Mets finished in all of Major League Baseball. There are 30 teams, obviously. They finished fifth in runs per game at 4.77. That's the highest the Mets have finished since when, would be my question. Do you know? Well, what is it? What's the win total, uh, run total? Excuse me. It's not. I'm not going by run total because there's different eras of baseball that kind of put it out of whack. So what I'm going by is they finished fifth in fifth. Major League Baseball in runs per game. When was the last time they finished in the top five in Major League Baseball in runs per game? If you had to take a wild guess. I'd probably say it's got to be 0607. 06-07 is a great guess, and it's very, very close. Like, for example, in 2007, the Mets were 10th in runs scored in Major League Baseball. Wow. Uh, 2008, they were 8th. In 2006, the year you mentioned, they were the best team in the National League. The Mets were 6th. So very close, but not top five. When was the last time they were top five? And I'll give you a hint. They were number one the year I'm thinking about. So the last time they were in the top five was actually a year in which they finished number one in runs scored. Uh, I'm guessing 2000. You're not even close. The answer is 1990. So get this. The New York Mets, an offense that a lot of people are saying they have to improve. You have said that vehemently. They got to improve. They got to improve. And I, I totally get where you're coming from. I don't think you're crazy. They are coming off, at least compared to their peers, you know, where they rank in baseball, as the most successful offensive season they've had in 30 years. What do you make of that, Hoff? That, that's confusing the hell out of me. That 1990 team was terrible, right? No, no 1990, they were pretty good. That was the end. That was the end. That, that was it. And wow. Look, I want to make something clear. There were years in which they scored more runs. Like, for example, 2019, they scored more runs. It's just we're comparing it to their peers because that's the only fair way to look at something like this because there's been eras of baseball where you score a lot of runs. I mean, it's just the way it is. So when I mentioned, hey, they're fifth, it's just comparing them to everybody else. You know, offense is still down in Major League Baseball. That may change with the banning of the shift. The numbers may look a little bit different, but this was a top, five offense and that's not something we've said much in the history of this franchise so look here's my point i think the offense is gonna be very similar we'll get more into brandon nemo we'll see if any news breaks throughout this week at the winter meetings this is still a team based on having a good offense but built around two legends and built around a dominant closer like the formula is the same last year it was degrom and scherzer this year it's verlander and scherzer and here's what's funny Last year, and in the regular season, again, they won 101 games. So they obviously had great success. But they only got from Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, the two guys they were supposed to rely on, they only got a combined 34 starts. What do they get from Scherzer and Verland? Do they get a bigger number 
than 34. I hope so. Because if they don't, I don't know. I don't know if they'll have the same success this year. But think about that. They were built around Scherzer and DeGrom. Got 34 starts from Scherzer and DeGrom and won 101 games. Now, Chris Bassett went out and made 30 starts. Taiwan Walker went out and made 29 starts. Carlos Carrasco went out and made 29 starts. David Peterson, as much as you may not like him, went out and made 19 starts. So they got some big contributions elsewhere. And that shouldn't be forgotten because they have to replace that production out of Taiwan Walker. There's no guarantee Carrasco is going to give you the same production and someone's replacing Chris Bassett or it's just Chris Bassett coming back. So a big part of the Mets success isn't just going to be Verlander Scherzer, but what does the rest of the rotation do? Because the rest of the rotation last year did really well. We talk about where the Mets finished and run scored. If you go by starting pitchers ERA, they finished fifth in Major League Baseball. Same thing. They were effective, even if it wasn't a lot of Max and Jake making starts throughout the season. Well, I mean, again, like this, this there, there's, there's too many question marks right now for this, this pitching rotation, and I still think right now, and it's still early on, but the team is not better off. You talk about they're not going to improve offensively. I don't like that. I hate that so much. I understand you're saying with the wind, the, the, the where they are compared to their their peers, fifth place overall is great. But I always say you got to do better because there was a long stretch there where the, the offense was anemic. And the fact that we're sitting there and saying, let's rely on the young kids, which I'm actually okay with. I'm actually really happy about that. But it's still not enough. You still need some more protection. And I'm not convinced that Nimmo is going to be the guy to protect anybody. I, I, if you bring it back, that's great. But you still need to add to it. And it's the same thing with the rotation too. Like again, like I just there's a lot of concerns I have. I feel like the team is taking a step back. I hate to say that because it's still so early and people kill me. Dude, let's see what happens first. Yeah, well, I've seen this story written before with other owners and other GMs of the New York Mets, and it always goes the way that I'm like unfortunately expecting. Well, one thing, and this went around on Twitter the other day, and it's it's hilarious, was a question Jeff Wilpon was asked about Bryce Harper. Bryce was a free agent after the 2018 season, and Jeff Wilpon was quoted as saying via Mike Puma, how many teams have multiple guys making more than $30 million a year? And for whatever reason today, maybe it's because they signed Verlander, that tweet went viral again with everyone mocking how the Mets now have not one, not two, but three guys making over $30 million, and two of which are making over $40 million. So keep this in mind. As angry as I may have been about the DeGrom stuff, as angry as you may be, trust me, there's nothing like the Wilpon era going on around here. We may not like what they're doing. We may disagree with certain things, but there is nothing like the Wilpon era going on around here. No, and I get, and I, I respect that. I understand that. Listen, he's spending money. Steve Cohen's spending money, no question about it. But I just look at our rivals, right? The Braves, you could say, they don't need to do much, and they are very much the top of the division or close to it. The Phillies just got Trey Turner. Yeah. Like we just we just basically replaced Jacob DeGrom with Justin Verlander there and brought back our closer. This reminds me very much of when it's like, we have to make a move in 2016. What are we going to do? Hey, let's bring this guy, Jordan Cespedes, in. You just traded for him the last year during the, during the trade deadline. He was already yours. You have to build on top of that. That's yeah, what I'm looking for. It also sucks that, and you knew it was coming with the Philadelphia Phillies. You knew they were adding an elite level shortstop. 
it sucks that they had a trade turner because you're right. They got better and no one wants to hear. Well, that's a crazy contract. 11 years, 300 million. Him and Bryce, they're going to be really old with guaranteed contracts. Can't think about that right now. In the right now, even with Bryce missing the first half of the season, the Philadelphia Phillies, whose lineup should just be better naturally because Nick Castellanos isn't that bad. He's just going to have a better season. I would expect that. And Reese Hoskins is going into a contract year, so you figure he'll have a big year. Uh, the Phillies are going to have a dynamic offense. There's no doubt. The Phillies have gotten better, and that sucks. Who should the next starting pitcher added be? I'm still in the Senga camp. I lean towards Kode Senga. If it's Chris Bassett, it's very neutral. It's a very neutral move. And, and look, Bassett's been good. And I keep this in mind about Bassett. He not only was their most consistent starting pitcher last year, which we can't forget about, but I mentioned this the year before that in 2021, he was even better. Like he had a really, really good season. 2020, it's a short season. But when he pitched, he was great. Like Chris Bassett for three seasons in a row now over the course of 68 starts over three years has been really, really, really good. So at the other day, I was more like, let him go. The more I've thought about it, the more I wouldn't be upset if they brought Chris Bassett back. But I think I'm most intrigued by Cody Senga and the unknown with Cody Senga. So we'll keep an eye on what the Mets do with the rotation. It's obviously going to be a busy couple of days at the winter meetings. We'll have more Ricos as the news continues to break. Uh, obviously, any comments, questions, things you want to criticize us about or agree with us about, whatever the hell you want to talk about, you can send them all to the Rico B at gmail.com. We do appreciate you listening. I'll be on with Craig throughout the week. Pete, obviously, with Tiki and Tierney. And you never know when we'll pop up again. As soon as they're breaking news, like I always say, give us 24 hours. We have lives. And then we'll post a Rico. <laughs> so it's like Verlander. Verlander signs. Give us a day. We got to work. I got to come home, eat some dinner, kiss my wife, say hi to my sons. Boom, a podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed it. We appreciate you listening. Thank you for uh, indulging in Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>